Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're in a sermon series entitled Off the Bench, and the title of Off the Bench, this is our fourth week in this series, really refers to the thought of being called into action. It's the idea of spiritually engaging into Christian service. How, how, how do I get into the game and how do I make a difference? How do I make a difference in my family's life? How do I make a difference in my church? How do I make a difference in, the, in my workplace? How do I allow the Holy Spirit to flow through me so that I'm just not living life aimlessly, but all of a sudden God has directed me and I'm making a difference in people's lives? Before I get into the message, I want to refer to a card because I get so excited in my message that by the time my message is done, I'll forget to mention this card. Inside your program, grab your, grab your uh, little card. It's inside your program. Hold it up and let me see that you have it. It's a South Coast Christian volunteer off the bench. Hold it up real high so I can see it. Okay. If you don't have it, make sure to grab one when you're on your way out. If you look at the beginning, there's a real handsome man. That's not me. I thought it was, but they informed me it wasn't. So that's okay. Someone said it was Joseph, and you could tell it was Joseph because he no longer has his robe on. So I don't know. Maybe that's it, but that was just a joke. No one laughed. That's okay. <laughs> Anyhow, we have a volunteer card, and it's an opportunity for you to get more involved at South Coast Christian. And if you want to be a part and you want to serve in different areas, I encourage you to just take this card, fill it out. There's different areas inside the church how you can serve. We need greeters. We need a, a, a ministry experience teams that can help serve coffee and donuts. We need ushers. We need prayer warriors. Uh, whatever. It might not be on this. We need media team. But man, we encourage you, if it's not even on this, write it in and send it in to one of the ushers or the offering people because we want you to be a part of this church. We want you to serve in some capacity in some way. And, and so we encourage you to do that. Coming up, Right now, we have 18,000 eggs upstairs in the office. And so coming up is Easter. And we help with San Juan. We're the main sponsor for San Juan Capistrano Easter egg hunt. And we'll have a couple thousand people show up for that event downtown San Juan. And we're going to need all of your guys' help. So, man, sign up for that piece of it where event outreach. Yeah, I want to be a part of that. Where, we, where you bring candy in, where we stuff eggs. Uh, we do all these things. And what, what's the purpose of that? We want to be a blessing to our community. We want to be a light to our community. And so we encourage you to be a part of that. And as I've mentioned already before, uh, starting Easter, we have a Saturday night service, and we're going to need more volunteers. So if God puts this on your heart, please fill that out and turn it, uh, turn it into the uh, offering, and we'll contact you this week. Um, so I got through all, all, all that direction. Let me share this thought, though. God is using this church to make a difference. You might not quite see it yet, but I as a pastor see it in the lives of people all the time. I hear it from people. So I never want you guys to grow weary of doing good like the Apostle Paul says. Because you know what? We're making a difference, and God has even greater things in store. And I need our faith to rise up to that level. Amen. I need our faith to believe for the impossible. I need our faith to say, yeah, you know what? We're going to gather together, the ecclesia, the church as a whole, and we're going to make a difference in our community. Amen? How many is with me today on that? Amen? Yeah, come on. Love you guys. Awesome. 
During this series, we've been studying the life of Joseph. And so I'm going to give a quick review, quick recap if for anybody, a guest or anybody that hasn't been here, uh, regarding the life of Joseph. And if you want more details, uh, you'll need to listen to either the, the podcast or the video cast on our website or also on the church app. But Joseph is the youngest son, or at least at this time, he was the youngest son of Jacob, who was his father. There was a total of 12 sons, and Joseph is the youngest, and he is the most favored by his father. His father gave him the, the beautiful robe uh, that he shared with him. And, and because he was the most favored, all of a sudden the brothers became more jealous of Joseph because he was the favored son. Well, at one point, all of a sudden, Joseph has this dream, and he has this dream of all of his brothers and his family bowing down to him, and Joseph shares this dream to his family. Well, because he shared that dream that they were all going to bow down to him, all of a sudden, that even made Joseph's brothers more angrier. They hated him all the more. They were, devi- they were devising a plan to kill Joseph, but all of a sudden that plan got interrupted and they ended up selling Joseph to some slave traders that were coming through and Joseph ends up going into Egypt. He ends up serving in Egypt as a, as a slave and as a prisoner for the next 13 years. But during the, that entire time, Joseph remained faithful to God, and God remained faithful to Joseph. In fact, the scripture says that God blessed everything that Joseph did. One of the giftings that God gave Joseph was the ability to interpret dreams. Eventually, Joseph was called upon, this is just a recap, eventually Joseph was called upon Pharaoh by, by Pharaoh, hey, I've had a dream, I want you to interpret that dream for me. Joseph correctly interprets the dream for Pharaoh, and catch this, after Joseph interprets the dream, Pharaoh, who is the king of Egypt, makes Joseph, the guy that was formerly a slave and also a prisoner, he makes him second in charge of all of Egypt. Joseph's life is a story of redemption, and it represents God's faithfulness in all situations. It's a story of how God can, take, can use every part of your life for his purpose and for his glory if you choose to follow him. Through the last several weeks, we have discussed several different ideas about this whole series off the bench. From the idea from how do we get onto the team to the idea of do we know what to do when we're on the bench? How do I get into the game? And today's message is going to be focused on this. Knowing and understanding your position. Knowing and understanding your position. Because we're doing this whole series off the bench, I want to keep with the, uh, the sports analogy and that whole thought. And in most team sports, if you've ever played on a team sport, you'll understand that most of the time you are groomed to play a certain position. Normally your physique or your talent will dictate what position that you play. So... If you're quick and you're fast and you have really good hands in catching the football, guess what? You're probably going to be put into a wide receiver role. If you're 300 pounds and you love to block, guess what? You're going to be on the offensive line. You know what I'm saying? Let's say if you all of a sudden you really enjoy 
um, you're big, you're strong, and you're actually pretty fast as well, and you really enjoy hitting. Guess what? You're probably going to be put into a linebacker position. Or maybe you could, man, you just can throw the ball and you have leadership skills. Well, maybe you're put into a quarterback position. There's different roles and there's different positions on a team sport. And the success of a team is dependent upon each player understanding their position and their role on the team. It requires each player to focus on their position. In everyday life, focus is something that many people struggle with. It's something that's difficult to attain. Yet focusing in the role that God has called you to do will make you successful. I'm going to repeat that again. Focusing in the position or in the role that God has called you to do will make you successful. So many times what all of a sudden interrupts the success of our life is that we lose focus on what God has called us to do. All of a sudden we get interrupted with something else and we start going down this lane or down this lane and God wants us to focus on what he's called us to do. Focus is the ability to concentrate your efforts in one direction or on one activity. Many times we view this as limiting. Man, I don't want to be limited to that. Man, I want to be able to do a lot more things. Why do you have to just be? But guess what? When we are willing to focus on one thing, that can be so fulfilling in our life because we accomplish something great. Anybody that's accomplished great things in life has had the ability to focus in one area and move it forward. It doesn't mean that you don't have any other areas, but your general focus, your your direction is focused in one way, way, and God will bless that. Times in life we get distracted. Those distractions will rob you of success. not, Not necessarily are those distractions necessarily bad, but it's just not what God has called you to do. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be helpful when someone calls and, hey, I need to do this. Can you help me with that? I'm not saying that we should be helpful, but we need to know what God is calling us to do, and we need to remain focused on that goal. For example, Joseph found himself both as a, as a servant as a, and as a prisoner. He found himself as a servant in Potiphar's house, and then he found himself as a, as a prisoner in the palace prison, in the palace guard. Notice This is what's amazing to me about Joseph. He took his giftings and he used them wherever he was placed. He took his gift of leadership, he took his gift of administration. When he was at Potiphar's house, God blessed it, he became successful. He took his gift of leadership, he took his gift of administration. When he all of a sudden was was sentenced to prison, he used that. And guess what? The warden all of a sudden took a vacation because Joseph was running everything in prison. He became successful. You see, he didn't wait for just the right opportunity to come in his life to start using his gifts. Guess what he did? He said, you know what, God? Whatever you open up for me, I'm going to take my gift and I'm going to start using it for your glory. And God blessed that. He blessed it. We need to learn to use and focus the gifts that God has in our life for the opportunities that God puts in place of us. Today's social media frenzy can be a huge distraction for our lives. I'm going to speak to it. Some people don't want to speak to it. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But man, I'll tell you, it's often used as a comparison tool by which we measure our life. I'm going to say it again. Many times social media is used as a comparison tool by which we measure our life. Can you imagine Joseph sitting in prison? 
And he just all of a sudden got shipped a brand new iPhone. What's the newest iPhone? iPhone 10 or whatever? I don't even know what that newest. 11? Okay, man, I can't even keep up with them. They just keep taking my money. That's all I know. And so he has the phone out, you know? He's in prison. Can you imagine what would happen? I mean, he's on Facebook. Oh, oh my gosh. What is they? They're in Australia and New Zealand vacation. When did, man, when did Johnny buy that 50-foot sailboat? Oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden, he's getting lost. Then he goes over to Instagram. Then he goes to Twitter. And I don't even know all the different social media apps. I can't even keep track of them anymore. What would have happened if Joseph would have had that while he's in prison? Would he have accomplished all the great things that God had for him? You see, sometimes God will isolate you in a certain place, and he wants you there so that you could do his will. Sometimes we have so many distractions in our life that we never get on board what God's calling us to do in our life. Joseph was focused, man. He was successful. There's a reason why there's a ten, one of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not covet. We should not be jealous or envious of other people's successes. You need to focus on what God is calling you to do. And it's going to look different from anybody else because you're different. If you didn't know you're different, turn to your neighbor and just say, you're really different. Just do that and just let them know that they're different. And understand that's not a bad thing to be different. Because God created you uniquely. He created you with special gifts. It's okay to be different. But we need to learn to manage those potential distractions in our life. I heard of some of the people, some of the, especially the young people, they took the opportunity during the fast that they fasted social media and it was good for them. They said, man, it helped me focus. Listen to this Proverbs, Proverbs 4, chapter 4, verse 25. It says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Anytime you see in the Bible where it says look straight ahead, it's talking about looking towards God. When we look towards God and fix our eyes, guess what? What light? That's focus. It's learning to focus on what is good. It's the ability to pursue your purpose and avoid the distractions of life. Back to the football analogy, because we're going to go back there once in a while because I love football. There are some players who are extremely talented and fast, but they they struggle with understanding their position and their role. A good coach doesn't always have their most talented player on the field. Some of his talented players might be on the bench until they understand their position or role. Because if they go, if he lets a great player go on outside onto the field, but they don't understand their position and role, guess what? He could end up losing the game for the team. Every player needs to know what their position and role is. In fact, some players that aren't as talented will be starting in the game because they know that, hey, I got to protect this area. Have you ever seen that quarterback that can run? Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, some of those guys. Man, if those, if those linebackers don't realize they got to stay and guard for that run, all of a sudden they take out, man, all of a sudden that guy's running for a touchdown. You got to stay in position. A player who doesn't understand the role, constantly get out of position, will lose the game. For example, if a 300-pound offensive lineman with a six-second, 40-yard dash decides that he wants to be a running back, it's not going to be good for the team. You know what I'm saying? Nor will a 185-pound wide receiver decide that he wants to be an offensive lineman. It won't work. You need to understand your position. Here's the thing for the church. 
is we all have been given gifts in our life. Some of you have been given gifts of administration. Some of you have been given gifts of encouragement. Some of you have been given gifts of prayer. Some of you have gifts of miracles on your life. Some, whatever gifts that God has given to you, guess what? We're to stir up those gifts and encourage one another in those gifts. We're not supposed to hold people back, but we're supposed to love one another and say, hey, man, I want you to use your gift for the kingdom of God. Use it in a successful way. It's important that we discover each other's roles and we cheer each other on to victory. As one person wins, guess what? The entire team begins to win. All of a sudden, one wins, I, this I win, someone else, the team is getting the win. As we see in the life, and not only does the team get the win, but God receives the glory. Amen. I've been in a lot of churches, I shouldn't say a lot of churches, that's a lie. I've been in a few churches might be more towards a lot. Anyhow, I've been in some churches that I start wondering if, man, does God receive any glory in this place? Is there purpose in this place? I want to be a church that has purpose. As we see in the life of Joseph, not only is he gifted and talented, but he understood his position and role. This is what made him successful, understanding his position and role. I'm not going to read a lot of scripture today, but I want to read a couple, and this is Genesis chapter 41, that's where we're here today, verses 15 and 16. He says, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. This is Pharaoh talking to Joseph. And no one has been able to interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph replies, I cannot do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. What Joseph was telling Pharaoh, because Joseph interpreted the dreams. But it was allowing Pharaoh to understand it wasn't going to be through his power. It was going to be through God's power. As I was reading this scripture, a simple truth came alive to me. And I want to share it with you today because I think some of the simplest truths can be the most life-changing truths that we can take away. It's a simple truth. But it's one that you can find in this scripture. It's something that Joseph did. Here it is. Joseph acknowledged God. Joseph acknowledged God. Joseph recognized that the interpretation was a gift from God and it was not any of his own doing. He knew his position. Joseph knew his role. God was the coach and God called the plays. He understood his limitations and his need for God. At times, it's easy for us to forget that. At times, we think that we're all that in a bag of chips. At times, we think, that man, man, I'm so good. Look at me do this. And all of a sudden, you'll start realizing that, you know what? Your need for God is much greater than you understand. Because if God, takes his, if God just took his blessing off of your life, you would see something completely different. We need God's blessing in our life. Never think that success is coming from your own hands. Success comes from God. Joseph, Joseph could have tried to interpret Pharaoh's dream on his own and never mentioned God. He could have just tried to do it on his own and never mentioned God. And maybe God would have still given Joseph the right answer. But catch this thought here. Joseph realized that it was important for Pharaoh to know that Joseph's power came from God. I need you to catch that thought. Joseph realized how important 
It was for Pharaoh to know that this wasn't me, Pharaoh. This is not Joseph that's doing this. This is my God, the almighty God that is speaking through my life and interpreting the dream that you just shared with me. I need you to know that, Pharaoh. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with my God. Why was that so important? Why is that so important? A couple reasons. First, it gave rightful glory to God. By doing so, Joseph is opening up Pharaoh's understanding of the power and the authority of Joseph's God. He is all of a sudden relating his God to Pharaoh. And as you continue to read the story, you'll find that Pharaoh responds with reverence for Joseph's God. He honors Joseph because he recognizes that it's the spirit of God on Joseph's life that is making the difference because he called all the other leadership around him. He called all everybody else around in the kingdom. Hey, who can interpret this dream? And no one could interpret the dream until Joseph all of a sudden came into the, came into the limelight. He says, I can't do it. See, it would have been so easy for Joseph at that moment. Oh, yeah. I got this. I've already interpreted the baker's, baker's dream. I've already interpreted the butler's dream. I'm ready for this dream. This. No, no, no. Joseph acknowledged God immediately. He acknowledged God first. He said, my God can do this. You see, many times we think we will gain greater respect from people by keeping the praise or the glory to ourselves. The Bible says, let the lips of another man praise you. There's a reason for that. Because when we start praising ourselves, all of a sudden you're robbing the glory that come, that's supposed to be for God. Yes. There's times in our lives where we just need to glorify God. Amen. In fact, I would share this with you. Greater respect is given when we, learn to praise to the, when we learn to give praise to the one who has given us the ability to succeed. I don't know about you. I know sometimes it gets a little corny. But for the most part, I love it. When an athlete all of a sudden gives praise to the Lord. I just love it. And, you know, sometimes it gets a little, uh, hey, come on back here. But for the most part, I think it's great. Because, see, what you don't understand, you don't understand where that athlete came out of. You don't understand the background that he came out of. He might have been on the, on the gangs in some street, and all of a sudden he's recognizing, man, God lifted me out of that. Just like God lifted Joseph out of the pit, God lifted Joseph out of Potiphar's house, God lifted Joseph out of prison. Hey, I've been lifted out. And, they, and on national TV, when they could say all kinds of other crazy things about how great I am, and, and a lot of them do, but then there's that one that's humble enough to say, man, I want to just thank my God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because guess what? He's given me this ability. He's pulled me out of many messes. And look at where I am now, what I can do, the influence I have on young people. Man, I can tell you right now, man, just keep on cheering on those athletes that are speaking out in such a way. I believe honoring, this is honoring God. And I believe we should do the same because our abilities come from God. Second reason it's so important to acknowledge God is this. It helps us to remain humble. It reminds us that God is the one who brings success. Without humility, man, all we got is pride and arrogance. We start thinking that it's our power, that we start to work in our own strength and not in God's strength. Trust me, God will bring humility into your life if you're walking prideful and looking down on others. Just wait. How do you know, Pastor Tom? I'm speaking from experience. 
If you always think that you have all the answers, watch out. Because that man, that's when the enemy is just ready. He's ready to pounce on you. Because you're relying on yourself and you're not relying on God. I think about Joseph and the anointing that God had on his life. And how he had such a great anointing, yet he walked in humbly before Pharaoh. Sharing, it's not me, Pharaoh, it's my God. He recognized that he didn't have all the answers. But he knew that at the right time, God would bring the answers. Catch this thought. Unbridled power will eventually corrupt people. Unbridled power will eventually corrupt people. I've heard it said, if you want to test a man's character, give him power. If you want to test a man's character or a woman's character, give them power. Unrestrained power will make a fool out of people. If you don't believe me, just turn on the news, man. Just watch the news for 10 minutes and you'll see what I'm talking about. The greatest thing that we can do is to understand that power comes from God, and he has given us that power, not for my sake, but for his glory. Not for your sake, but for his glory. Everything's for the glory of God. It's not our own. It's his power. It's not our power. It's his power. And we've got to recognize that it's God's power. We can't just all of a sudden think, man, I'm doing all No, it's God's power working through you. Catch this scripture in Psalm 62, verse 10 through 12. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Power, O God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, O Lord, is yours. Surely you repay all people according to what they have done. Joseph remained humbled and focused on God's authority. It's a good place to remain. If you want to discover your position or your role in God's plan for your life, then I suggest that you get to know God. How simple is that? If you want to understand your role or position, then I suggest get to know God. How do I get to know God? Start acknowledging God in your life. That's the first step, just to acknowledge that God is your Lord. One of the guys in the church who was a, who was a football player, he shared with me a couple weeks ago, he shared me, to me about his experience about being on the bench. And he said when all of a sudden the coach would all of a sudden call another player, hey, hey, come such, you know, Johnny, come here. I need you going in the game. As soon as that little, that little opening opened up by the coach, he would step a little closer to the coach. Hey, hey, Tommy, I need you in the game. All of a sudden he'd step in a little bit closer to the coach. All of a sudden he found himself standing next to the coach. And I was thinking about his story, how he was sharing with me about his story. And I was thinking, you know, it, it was a way to acknowledge to the coach, catch this. Hey, I recognize that you're the one who has the authority. You're the one that holds the power. But man, let me tell you right now, when you're ready, I'm ready to get into the game. And I thought, what a beautiful way of having confidence and humility together as we serve God just to keep on getting closer, closer, Closer to God. Keep getting, just nudge up to him, man. Just keep nudging up to him. And you just keep nudging up to God. And what it does is just acknowledges God that you're my power. And you know when I'm ready. But man, I'm telling you right now, God, I'm ready. When you're ready, call me into the game. Let's return to the story of Joseph real quick. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream according to God's plan. It's a dream that reveals two things, prosperity and famine. Prosperity and famine. 
The first revelation was that Egypt was going to go into uh, seven years of prosperity. The abundance of crops would be great. Then Joseph revealed the second part of that dream. Because after the seven years of prosperity, of of abundance, then all of a sudden seven years of famine would come and it would be a great famine. God was revealing this to Pharaoh so that he would prepare for the difficulty. He used a dream to speak to Pharaoh and he used Joseph to interpret the dream so that Pharaoh could get ready for for Egypt to prepare for this great famine because I'm gonna give you an abundance beforehand and with that abundance, you need to walk through your famine. You see, this is a great personal growth for personal finances, by the way, as well. Just to say. See, God can bless you with an abundance. And my wife and I, we've discovered this through the years. We've had abundance and we've had famines. But man, if you learn to manage your abundance well, if you learn to manage the blessings of God, guess what? The blessings of God will bring you through the famines of life. When I hear people say, man, I just don't know why God has not blessed me, it's probably because they haven't honored the blessings of God prior to. It is really good. It's right there. Tom Ramsey. <laughs> no. Um, I lost my train of thought, but I'm coming right back. No, you're all good. It's actually really funny, but I can't, I can't go down that road. Joseph recognized God's blessing and, ma- and makes suggestion to Pharaoh that he find a wise and intelligent person to put in charge of implementing his plan. And I want you to look at chapter 41, verses 37 and 38. Listen to these words. I'm going to come to the second point here, and we're almost done, so don't get freaked out on me on time. You have nowhere to go right now. Just relax. Lock the doors, ushers. Okay. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously us, so obviously filled with the Spirit of God. The second part of this simple truth that I want to share with you is not only did Joseph acknowledge God, Pharaoh acknowledged God. This is a great revelation in understanding what happens when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we lift up the power of God, when we don't put it on ourselves, when we start lifting up God, guess what? people start to praise and acknowledge God. As we praise and acknowledge God, God's power working in, in and through our lives, it gives other people the opportunity to acknowledge God's power as well. For example, Jesus made this statement before his crucifixion. In John chapter 12, verse 32, he says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. And when he was talking about being lifted up from the earth, he was talking about his crucifixion and the cross rising up, but he was also talking about his resurrection that was gonna take three days later. He was gonna be lifted up. And it's a reminder for all of us that we need to lift up the name of Jesus. Because when we lift up the name of Jesus, there is power, and there is a power, a life-changing power that all of a sudden will impact people's lives. You see, when Joseph lifted up God to Pharaoh, when he said, no, it's not my power, but God's power. All of a sudden, Pharaoh realized that Joseph's God was more powerful than any of his gods. You see, Pharaoh didn't even believe in Joseph's God. I shouldn't say he didn't believe. He did believe, but he didn't follow Joseph's God. It's a reminder for all of us 
We need to lift up the name of Jesus. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Paul was not ashamed about the name of Jesus. He declared it out there. And guess what? When Paul declared the name of Jesus, people got saved. Back to the story of Joseph. Look what happens next. It's an amazing end of this part of the story. Genesis 41, verse 41. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Remember, this is Pharaoh. This is not Pharaoh's God. Pharaoh just puts Joseph and Joseph's God in charge of all of the land of Egypt. He recognized the power of God. It's an amazing story of how our obedience to God's calling can reveal God's glory and power to others. I'm going to say it again because I think it just goes right past us sometimes. And I pray about these messages. I spend time on these messages if you don't know that. But this is a story that's amazing. Because when we're obedient to God's calling, then at that point, it allows God's glory to be revealed in and through our life. Even to the point where Pharaoh, a non-believer, glorified Joseph's God. It becomes a team win. By Joseph understanding his role, he was able not just to bring blessing to Egypt, but he brought blessing to all the surrounding countries that were around. As you further read into the story, you soon discover that people from all of the countries were coming to Egypt just to buy food to survive through the famine. Spoiler, I'm going to give a spoiler alert for next week. You'll soon find out that Joseph is able to rescue his own family from famine because he was obedient and knew the role and the position that God had put him in. It's an example of what God can do through a person's life that is surrendered and humbled before him. God desires to use us. He desires to use this local church for his glory. And it's our responsibility to understand our roles and to get into the game. What is God calling you to do? And it might not be something specifically in this church. I hope it is. But maybe it's something you're supposed to be doing in your workplace. Maybe you're a father here. My wife and I had a great discussion on the way to church this morning. And we were just, we were just so grateful and thankful for our kids and where they're at in life and how they were serving God and, and we'd just keep on praying over them each and every day and believing for them. And I asked my wife, I said, why do you think that happened? And, and I know some of my relatives, their kids are, they're going to get saved. They're going to come back to Jesus. I know that in Jesus' name, amen. But we started talking about, I said, we didn't give our kids any other choice. They were just at church. You see, when we were in Vegas, where I thought it was Sin City, and why would I take my kids to Vegas? I didn't know that I was going to be in a church that ran five services, and all of our family was in five services each and every, I mean, Saturday night, Sunday, three services, Sunday night, we were all there. Brett was playing the keyboards at age 13, 14, on a stage, boom, for five services. He's up there playing the keyboards. My son, 16, he was running the whole media team back there. No joke. He's on there because our media guy quit. He got upset about something. Evan goes, I know what to do. He goes back there. He's been watching for a couple of years. Just all of a sudden, he's running. See, they didn't have any of his choice. 
If you want your kids to serve God, don't give them any other choice. Kind of simple, ain't it? And you know what I'm talking about. What's the gift in your life that's been lying dormant? Maybe you're a father here, maybe you're a mother here, and the gifting's been lying dormant, and God's just calling you up to the next level. Maybe it's a leadership skill in your life, and you haven't been using it, God's calling it up to the next level for His glory. Maybe you just have a great hospitality uh, gift on you, and you haven't been using it, and God's saying, man, you need to start a small group. You need to go talk to Pastor Tom. Maybe, man, you love media, and you want to start serving in the area. Man, I got to go do that. Maybe, man, you are just gifted around crowds of people, and you need to be at the Easter egg hunt. I thought everybody's going to shout it out with me. Come on, guys. But let's get into the game. Let's make a difference. NASCAR is this, I think, isn't NASCAR today? What do they always do when they get ready to, you know, they go out there and there's, someone gets the honorary deal to be able to, he says, start your engines. Man, that's preparing. Can I tell you something to the church? Start your engines. Let's go. Let's get into the race. Let's discover the position that's God calling us to. And let's make a difference. Amen. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I think, thank you, God, that your word is true. It's powerful. As we declare your word, as we lift up your name, your word says, Lord God, as we lift up your name, as you are lifted up, all people will be lifted up to you, God, in your glory, for your glory, God, not ours, for your glory. I pray today, God, a blessing over each and every person here. Eyes closed, head bowed for just a minute. But I feel just this Holy Spirit just asked me to ask two questions. I wasn't ready for this. I don't have it in my notes. I just feel it being called to me. Two things. Because it started off this morning during worship time. I just want to give an opportunity for it. And we'll have prayer time at the very end here today. And you might want to come down for prayer. But if you're here, sitting here today, and this is not on my subject, but I just feel it in my spirit. If you're facing the Goliath and you just need prayer, raise your hand real high. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see hands all over this place. Keep your hands lifted because I'm going to say a prayer. In the song that we sang earlier, it made the statement in that song about God taking the head of the enemy and bringing it back. Like that God will cut off the head of the enemy so it will be no longer. That's the prayer I'm going to have over each person that's having a Goliath in their life. That you're going to have a faith in you just like David had. Where all of a sudden he steps up to his Goliath and he declares the word of the Lord over it and it is defeated in Jesus' name. Lord, you see the hands that are raised right now. You know the Goliaths. I pray in Jesus' name they be broken. That, Lord God, you would cut the head off, Lord God. You'd cut the, the root, the mind, the brain, whatever that's coming, the enemy's plans, whatever is being planned against them, Lord God, whatever the enemy is trying to do that is trying to cause harm, I pray, God, you cut the plan off in Jesus' name. And, Lord God, you will, Lord God, all of a sudden turn that around for your goodness and for your glory. And I pray, God, in each and every person, 
faith will arise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Second, heads bowed for it. I'm sorry, I just feel it in my heart. If you're here today and you have a gifting, you have a position, you have a role in your life, and you know that you've just laid it aside and it's become dormant in your life, and you want prayer today, and you say, man, Pastor Tom, I know, what, I know as you're preaching today, man, it's speaking right to me. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just feel like, man, we need to respond to God's word. And if that's you here today, raise your hand real high because I want to say a prayer over you. If you feel that's in your life, I see hands all over this place. Lord, you see the hands. I pray, God, that as they're standing next to you, as they keep on snuggling closer and closer to their coach, that God you would release the gift in their life. That, Lord God, you would release that position in their life, Lord God. That, Lord God, you would make way, Lord God. That you would create opportunity, Lord God, for that to take place in their life, Lord God. I ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said? God good? All the time, he is good. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast. Because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.